Playwrights Local and Radio on the Lake Theater present Love and Ecstasy, written by Gail Nioka, directed by Terrence Spivey, featuring Sharon McPherson-Fox, Jill Kanderis, Janine Gaskin, and Christina Johnson. I know what you're thinking. Can you trust the one who tells this story and the voices? I'll tell you this. In the way of stories, it's all true. This is where it started. This ripping away of the stories. I was taken from all that I knew. I was shoved into the hold of a British Navy ship and deposited on the shores of Barbados. No. No, you say. You say it started centuries earlier with the ones who were taken from Africa. That might be true. But I speak here of the daughters born to me, and their daughters, and the one who will hear. This is the one who will take up the story. I could paper a wall with all the rejection letters, except they're not actual letters. They're the ones I would have received if the recipients of my job applications actually bothered to respond. Dear Mrs. Halligan, we regret to inform you. Well, not really. We're just saying that to be polite. We regret to inform you that we have chosen a candidate who is better for the job than we imagine you could ever be. That is, whiter, male, did not take valuable time away from work to birth and raise children, is not so foolishly as to be desperately seeking work after being abandoned by her husband. You've done a lot of things wrong, dear, thus making yourself completely unsuitable. Your friendly HR. Halligan was my great-great-grandmother's name. That's as far back as I can go through my female line. Her name is the only thing I know about her. Susanna Halligan. I decided to take up a new name after my husband left me. No more names from men. Husband. Father. She thinks she knows my name. But she doesn't. My mother kept her married name, Mrs. For her time, it was really the only thing she could do to remain socially acceptable. She thinks I'm a failure. Well, here's more proof for her. I could cut my throat, but that wouldn't do. My children are only three and six. They would come into this room all unknowing and be confronted by a bloody mess. I can't even succeed in a nice, neat suicide. Do you remember when you were six? That was a memorable year. The kind nightmares are made of. The man in the truck tried to run me down on a street in Peckham. It was more like an alley by the side of the shop. I was trying to cross on my way back to the babysitter's house, 
She had sent me for something at the shop. It was close by, still far enough for the delivery truck to come after me. I ran behind the truck and across that alley, expecting the truck to shoot backward and hit me. I stopped him just long enough for you to run. Who are you? How how did you know? I never told anyone about it. How could you do anything? I am your grandmother. There are actions I could take to a limited extent. My presence is the quick flash from the corner of the eye. A rush of air, a singing or a sigh, or even a shout. I gave you just enough time to run across that alley. Thank you, Grandmother. Vi-Vi. Vi-Vi? Short for Violet. You would have been beyond my help had I been in my bodily life on the other side of the ocean. I had nightmares for a long time, and I wouldn't eat cornflakes, the shapes reminded me of the pigeons I'd seen flattened in the road. Would you like a ride? It was me who told you not to get into that car. Remember that? On your way to school? That man frightened me. I I didn't know why. He, He was smiling, being nice, but I was afraid. That would have been the end of your life. Twice in one year. And here I am at 39, thinking that this is a good time to die. Go away, Grandmother. Good are you to me now? I was 16 in the rolling hold of that ship, covered in my own vomit. I stank. I wished I would die. Curled inside my misery, I hardly knew when the ship had birthed. We were emptied out like the cargo we were. And that blinding sun, I swayed, unable to get my bearings. What of you, descendant? Will you continue to pass the bleeding to another generation? 1958 was the point on a pin, tiny and sharp. It was the point upon which my life pivoted. In 1958, I married. My mother, Violet, died. I had a baby. Everything before that is a dream. Everything after? Well, I could never have dreamt it. I have pushed those days from my mind. Foolish, there to be happy, dancing. Dinner table talk with other young women, glowing with expectation. The Aranya starts steaming its way through the rolling sea of the Caribbean, north through the Atlantic. 
a brief break from the sea. Wandering the shops and portside stalls of Majorca. Glad to be on land, laughter spilling from our lips. I bought a soft leather belt and tied it on my waist right there. The first hint of chill in the breezes. In the days, the ocean would wash us up on the shores of Dover. Smiling and waving goodbye to my many transitory friends, I wait. Stay in touch. Am I the only one who feels this apprehension on this great dock? I button my cardigan over my cotton dress. My smile tightens on my face. Where is my husband? Surrounded by bustle and busyness, I am alone. A familiar figure walks towards me. Tall, dark, handsome, self-assured. My brother, who had already gone to England. Is that pity I see in his gaze? What, what is, is left? When everything that defines you is taken away. By changing my name, I leave my old story behind and remake myself. So how come the old story keeps bubbling up? I don't want it, but it's here. This atrocious report card is going up on the wall where everyone can see it. You'll see it every day. I'll make sure you're as ashamed of yourself as I am of you. I didn't used to cry. It's a weakness I never wanted to show. To cry would bring ridicule and satisfaction to anyone who wanted to hurt me. All those unshed tears, it's as though they were waiting in a well I'd stop it up. And now the pressure has become so great, it's caused an explosion, and nothing can stop the rushing overflow. What is left when everything that defines you is taken away? Thought I'd put all the shame behind me. I'd, I'd been proud of my job, even if she wasn't. I'd worked. I'd saved, I had a house, everything I'd wanted. And I sacrificed it all to my husband, all, because I thought I had love. <laughs> love? Love. Grandmother? Bye-bye, I'm sorry, please, please come back. Can you save me now? Bye-bye? Are you listening? Listen, beloved one. Hi, hi. Is that you, grandmother? You asked me what good I am to you. I didn't mean it. I, I didn't mean it. What, what I meant was, what good am I to myself? Everything was supposed to be different. I was supposed to have a good career. I was supposed to... Never mind. What does it matter? 
they far, they far, barefoot, the tickle of grass underfoot, stretching out my arms to the wind, tipping up my face to the rain, my tongue outstretched to catch the drops. Spinning around and around and laughing to the sky. I thought I would have this always. Before. Once I dreamed of travel to beaches, sand and shell, forests, mountains, green and rugged, or pyramids and ancient stones. I dreamed of dancing, sing our wild desires. What were you doing to enjoy yourself? We have been made ashamed of joy. It's hard to leave the old story behind. I, I changed my name. It's harder to change myself. Not so much change as learning to shed, to find and to unfold. Like you, I didn't know my grandmother, Susanna. Susanna Halligan. The Englishman I worked for never called me by my name. They didn't like its Gaelic flavor. Shana. I became Susanna and put Shana aside. Shana was the witch caught in the act of magic. So she hid behind a new name. So terribly she lost herself. When she was a little girl, your mother hid under the veranda with her dolls. She had only two. These were her own family. She could be happy in the world where she had her own babies who loved her. She would hide away from her two older sisters who teased her and called her Red Cat because her skin was lighter than theirs. Authority was given to the firstborn child, your aunt, and favor was given to her brothers who were free to go where they wanted to go and play wild games, even the younger ones. Her father didn't approve if she tried to join them. Your mother, quiet, even timid, was the fourth child, three ahead of her, three brothers behind her, a girl. She found escape under the veranda where she thought no one could find her, speaking in whispers to her dolls. I exchanged my dreams for hers and failed. Funny how I never knew that before, that it wasn't my dream. What, what is, is the, the force that molded you into what you are not? I believe the story she had for me was one I had to live. The grandmothers have erased themselves by not sharing their stories. We have become lost. I could say things. It frightened people. Beloved one, do you remember when you could say 
What do you mean? You'd point at me and you'd say, Who's that lady? I don't remember. No more forgetting. They told you there was no one. Remember now. It was too long ago. Sayers, my family tradition. Before. Before. I lost the art of saying eventually. After my seven years of service was over, I married a respectable man. I married a respectable man. I and my mother before me, and her mother before her. Respectable. I was going places, moving up, till born enslaved. He too left his history behind him. My daughter Christina absorbed the secrets and buried him. She left Barbados for Trinidad with her new husband. I never saw her again. Christina, Tina, my mother, church every Sunday, piano lessons, a stick across the hand if you misbehaved. Her daughters, the two of us, would never be like the women her husband had his dalliances with. We didn't know about that, not exactly, What we knew was the tightly closed lips, the ramrod straight back, the silence that filled that big house. Never let on your humiliation. Humiliation runs like an underground current. You felt it, didn't you? Seeping through the words she spoke. She despises me. Your cousin in Trinidad gets top marks in school. She plays piano and you? Born evil. You tried to stab your sister. You kissed money. I would slink away knowing that what she said wasn't true. It it was a soft plastic pretend pirate knife. I was only wanted to smell the sharp inky scent on the pound note. Stop hating yourself. It's the disappointment of my life I hate. Nothing is right. The man who tried to run you down? The teachers? The would-be employers? The random strangers who viewed you through eyes of hatred? You absorbed their hatred and made it your own. I absorbed her hatred too. I could not go to your mother's wedding. I I was too sick. I knew why she was marrying and why he agreed to marry her. I knew she had made a mistake. I knew you before you knew yourself. I knew also that I must watch over you. That you would need my guardianship. He left Trinidad 
to study, he said. I have kept the postcard, a scene from London. On the back, he wrote, To my dear wife, I love you. He took my breath away. The most handsome man, beautiful, really. I believed him. She is like him. <laughs> Miniest of skirts. <laughs> I snuck out to a concert, told her that my friend's father was taking us out. Oh, the music, the freedom, the laughter. I'd forgotten all that, hidden as it had to be. His touch is a wonder, his attention and words to love. I melted into his arms with the ecstasy of surrender, feeling alive in my whole body, no will to resist. This is all there is. Why were you in the bath so long? Admiring yourself? I do not compare them. The first I left behind in my girlhood. He was the most handsome boy in the village. His eyes sparked with the laughter, which was ready on his lips. He had a touch like the flow of a stream. Fluid, seductive. It was me he chose. And that made her jealous. The girl who wanted him. She went to the priest who had me arrested. That's something I didn't see. Where her jealousy would lead. The one I married had serious eyes, deep with ambition, a voice that seldom laughed, warm skin that absorbed the sunlight and verged on black, firmness in his touch. He loved what I had become. He loved the shell over the wound, the shell that matched his own. My shell has shattered into a thousand pieces, unmendable. No matter. That is as it should be. Why do our husbands choose us, and we them? My husband was a proud, stern man, a disciplinary otherwise distant from his children. Like my father, my husband had come from a smaller island to better his position in Trinidad. He never spoke of Montserrat, but occasionally he spoke of the angry, disillusionment of his brother, who had gone to Quebec. In Trinidad, my husband and we, his family, had status, land, the money to send to England for wool socks for the children. We were respected. My husband, this love, this ecstasy, is fully sanctioned though I have had to find a place to live apart from him. We lived in a big house with many rooms. There's one that lingers in memory. 
No matter how hot it got outside in this room with the huge tamarind tree outside the window, a breeze blew through. It is the room where my mother, Tina, kept her piano. The keys to the instrument are cool, welcoming. I see her fingers gliding, lifting a quick press, a lingering note. She loses herself in the music. No wrong notes are allowed in her world. I stopped singing the moment I was imprisoned. I used to sing with the morning and with the evening, with the sunrise and the stars. My song was welcomed by the trees. It's been too many years. In a place that does not know my name, how can I tell of the hilltop where I stood between earth and sky? One with the turning seasons, one with the spirits of that place. How can I tell of forbidden deeds, forbidden words, forbidden worlds? This baby, my second daughter, she is mine. She is my love. The other one, I had to leave behind in Trinidad. When she came to me, brought by my sister a year later, we were strangers to one another. She pulled away from me. And she looks like her father. I didn't want to hear about that German woman. He boasted about her and, and said that she'd given him a son. I held my new daughter in my arms. My brother, my sisters, my father, they knew my shame. I will never speak of it. Never. Buried in silence, the secret of my other life breathed within me and threatened with the loss of my place in society. The home and husband that had become a bomb after my servitude. We had music, although instead of my voice I learned the piano. Skill on the piano was respected and applauded. I had once told my mother's sister that I would like to study law. She wrote me offering to look after my daughters. I could send them to Trinidad and I could stay in England to study. She doesn't know that I cannot bear to lose this second daughter. I cannot have her hate me. I will work and keep my children with me. And the first one, so like her father, will do well in school. She will redeem my life. One of my teachers punished me for every error in my schoolwork. Another smacked my hand with a ruler. She had me stand in front of the class and say, I'm stupid. There are better lessons you should have learned. I am sorry that I abandoned them and did not teach them to my daughters. We have all done wrong for reasons that felt best at the time. When pushed by panic or by fear into a decision that we later regret, 
or that others have caused to regret. I had thought myself constructed of pain, striving, and the creation of mask. What now? Many fair the unseen worlds I used to inhabit, so I refused to enter them again. Do I could never understand the fear that others had for those worlds. I used to walk in the shadows, where there is a different kind of sight. In Barbados, I did not know if that ability had gone, for I did not dare to test it. And I did not know the spirits of the new land. My daughter Tina showed signs of knowing, but soon she heard from others that it was evil. The ones who came from Africa had brought their spirits with them, and these were reviled and repressed within their descendants. Tina took her cue from me. She denied her sight and gained the big house and respectability she desired. She had great promise to Tina, and she was always kind. She never left her kindness behind, though she was silenced in other ways. Kindness and a harsh strictness dwelled together in my mother. There were social norms that must be upheld. There were certain things, certain desires that could never be allowed. Desire. The higher the status of the man, the more tightly bound are the women of his family. I had borne five children by the time my father died. At his funeral, two of his daughters, younger than mine, were in attendance. I learned that he had always provided for his other families by Indian market women. Only once did I ever curse anyone. Lying in the sticky dark hold of that British Navy ship. Wretching until I felt my insides would spill out. I cursed that girl whose jealousy had sent me there. I cursed her with every oath of the heathen vomit I spewed. I cursed her with every cell of my wretched being. I don't know what happened to her. I know that whatever it was, it wasn't good. My mother held tightly to her Bible. She liked the man I was to marry. He would become a lay preacher. He was many things, horticulturist, entrepreneur, industrious, and upright. I dare not stray. Indeed, it never occurred to me that I should, except sometimes. I had an intimation of something else, a call for the touch of earth through my fingers, of light upon waves, a desire to sing, to dance with abandon. Beloved one, sing our stifled songs, dance our wild desires. Grandmother, that voice is not yours. I wish I had known my grandmother. I wish I had heard the breath of who she was 
felt it through my pores. What we had lost, all of us. Listen, beloved. Name me. Shana, can I gather you in, grandmothers? Can I, can I take your stories and yet make one of my own? Deconstruct. Return, beloved. Beloved? The child is always holy until she forgets. No one of us walks through life free of misstep. There can be no return except to the holiness of the beginning and then a going forward. Shed their hatred. Release blame. Release unloveliness. Deconstruct. Return to holiness. Seek ecstasy. Seek ecstasy. I heard that the Greek origin of the word is entrancement or insanity. Is that what I should seek? I am sorry that I did not allow your mother to walk among the plants and tall grasses, barefoot to run and shout and climb. I am sorry I did not do it myself. Decorum is maintained at a price. Once I descended to the bottom where thought I could not go on. Found insanity. That's the definition you want to give it. Sometimes I go to the sea and I listen. My mother has since joined her ancestors. Her voice has joined theirs. I loved you more than you ever knew or imagined. Vi-Vi, Shana, none come often. Grandmothers have given their stories. I have received them. If you love for beauty, oh, love me none. Sun, she has golden hair. This land knows my name. You've been listening to Love and Ecstasy by Gail Nioka, directed by Terence Spivey, featuring Sharon McPherson Fox, Jill Kanderis, Janine Gaskin, and Christina Johnson with sound design and editing by Victoria Watts. Love and Ecstasy was produced by Playwrights Local of Cleveland, Ohio, in partnership with Radio on the Lake Theater, Shaker Heights, Ohio. For more information, visit playwrightslocal.org. This recording is copyrighted 2021 by Playwrights Local. Love and Ecstasy is copyrighted 2021 by Gail Nioka.